Praise God tonight. Amen. You can take your seats for just a moment. Amen. It's wonderful to have this opportunity to, to stand before you. I'm so thankful once again um, to, to be invited back, even though it didn't work out last time. As Brother Joe mentioned, we don't believe things happen for accident. Uh, we believe that God's hand is, is in these things. And when we see the enemy come against us and try to stop us, we know that God has something great in store for us. And... Um, you know, I do, I do want to just, I know everybody's heard and shared with you, and I want to say thank you for your prayers as, as, as our family goes through this time. But uh, I was with my dad on Monday and, and had a nice conversation with him, and we kind of had an idea of where things had turned. And uh, he looked at me and he said, whatever happens, do not cancel your trip this weekend. He said, you, you go and you do your job. And so I had the opportunity to speak with him Wednesday next to his bedside and knelt down next to him. And he was on a lot of morphine and things and couldn't really speak. But I let him know. I said, Dad, I'm going. And I want you to know I love you. And he was able to mouth back to me, I love you too. So listen, young people, you matter. You matter a lot. You know that when men in, in their dying days, once their eyes are set on eternity, they begin to think about eternal things. And he said, no matter what happens, you make sure you go. And, and so we're here and we are, we are sad by the loss, but I know where my daddy is and his, his life was surrendered to the Lord. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that and I have a peace in it. And before we start, and in, in just a moment, we'll stand and read the word. I do just want to take a moment and just say some things to you that I, I never take it for granted when I have the opportunity to, to speak to young people of this message because I, I believe with all my heart that you're the finest young people in the world. This message produces the best. It, it produces the best. And you know, and, and I know many times, um, many times maybe we don't tell you, but I want you to know that I'm proud to be associated with you. I, I'm, I'm proud to be associated with the, with the young people that I believe are gonna be standing on this earth and, and when the rapture strikes and when the body change comes. And, and I believe that I'm looking at a portion of that people here tonight and, and I'm proud of you and I'm proud to be associated and I'm, I'm proud to be in the fight with you. You know, I know, I know we, we, preach, we preach the Holy Ghost and you gotta have the token and you're gonna hear some of that tonight and we believe that and we're not gonna stop preaching that. But along the way sometimes I've dealt with a lot of young people that because they haven't come to that place yet they feel like a total failure. And I wanna tell you tonight that wherever you're at, if you're in the battle, I'm proud of you. If you've reached justification, I want to celebrate that justification tonight. And if you've reached sanctification, I want to celebrate that sanctification. But I want to tell you there's more. Keep going. Keep going and press for more. And if you've received the Holy Ghost, there's more. Keep going. Press for another refill and press for more of God. There's always more of God to be had. But, but I want you to know that wherever you're at, if you're standing in the battle tonight, I'm proud to draw swords. And I'm proud to stand next to you and fight the enemy because we have one common enemy we have one common Lord and Savior. And I believe that I, we're at a place today where, where I need you and you need me and we need each other. You know, we, 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 our salvation and things like that, we understand it's worked out as individuals. But I can't go in the rapture till you're ready if your name's on that book. And I believe it is. So I need you. And you need me. And I want us to all do our part to, to be ready to go. Amen. So I want you to know that I love you with the love of the Lord. I, I appreciate this opportunity. I, I appreciate Brother Donnie having the confidence to invite me to be here tonight. So without any more, let's turn to the word tonight. If you'll stand with me and open to the, 
to the book of Joshua, the second chapter. And we have a little bit of a, a reading here, but it's going to lay the foundation for what we want to speak on tonight. And, and you know, I told Brother Joe in the back, I said this thought might be a little bit heavy. So uh, I'll just ask you tonight as we go through this to open your hearts and be willing to be honest with yourself. You know, we're, we're in this, we, you know, I, for many years I coached ball and we, we'd get to practice some days and you'd see kids maybe loafing a little bit or not giving it their all. And I'd say, look, we've already did the hardest part. We showed up. Now let's don't waste the fact that we're here. You, you did, went through the effort of being here tonight, so don't, don't waste the effort. Give it everything you got. Lock in and allow the Lord to speak to you and be honest with yourself tonight. Joshua, the second chapter, the first verse. It says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them, and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whither the men went, I wot not. Pursue after them quickly, for you shall overtake them. But she had brought them up unto the roof of the house, and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto, unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. And that your terror is fallen upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. When you came out of Egypt and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now, therefore, I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. And that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our, our lives from death. And the men answered her, our life for yours, if you utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get ye to the mountains, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourself there three days, until the pursuers be returned, and afterward you may go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head. And we will be guiltless, and whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. I want you to notice, it won't be the messenger's fault if you don't do what they told you to do. 
They're letting you know, look, if you do this, you'll be saved. But if you don't, it's not our fault. We've told you exactly what you have to do. Verse 20. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath, which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, according unto your words, so be it. And she went, she sent them away and they departed and she bound the scarlet line in the window. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we stand here, Lord, humbled, Lord, at the sight of, of, of these young people, Lord, a, a portion, Lord, of the price that, Lord, that you purchased there at Calvary. These are those that you died for. And, Lord, we don't take this lightly as we stand here and speak to them. Lord, what we recognize, Lord, as we stand here is that we really don't have anything to offer them, Lord. Lord, that we need you to come and take control and take this vessel and, and move me out the way and calm my nerves and settle my spirit, Lord, and just allow me to, to allow you to speak. Lord, I pray if there be a single heart here that doesn't know you or hasn't gone all the way with you, that tonight would be that night, Lord, that Lord, they can break through the lies and the hindrances that the enemy has put upon them. Lord, that they can recognize, Lord, that there is a message of freedom, that there is a blood, Lord, there is an atonement, and that it's for them. Lord, we ask you to have your way and that you'll speak to every heart. And Lord, may there be freedom in the house of God now. May every hindering spirit and anything that would try to hinder this service, we bind it now in the name of Jesus. And we give you liberty to speak, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. Amen. We just want to get right into it tonight. And I want to start with asking you, a simple question, and if we were to title this tonight, it would be the title of our message, but the question is, what's hidden? What's hidden? And I want you to, as we go through this, ask this in your own life. What is hidden? What is it you're hiding? Because all of us have hidden something in our lives. Every single one of us. Our, our, our story today is going to revolve around a great victory. It's going to revolve around two people hiding things. Both of them are part of the same battle. They both come from opposite directions, but they end up at the same place, and they're both going to hide things. And both of their stories are going to have very different outcomes, and the outcome is going to be determined by what's hidden. What it was that they chose to hide. On this day, it was a little bit different than most days there in the city of Jericho. Sure, they had mighty walls that surrounded them, so tall and so thick, they seemed to be impenetrable. They, they, they most of the time felt safe. Other armies had, had come before and tried to take the city, and yet they had failed. And every time they had come, these walls had stood the test, but something was different today. There was a different nervousness in the city, and everyone is scared in the city and, and moving about with, with a different energy, and there's whispers, and, and, and people know that, that something's different. And, it, and they're scared because there are reports that the Israelites are getting closer. There's nervousness in the place. And, and like I said, armies had come before and armies had failed. But this time it was different because the reports that the people of the city were hearing were different from any reports they'd ever heard before. The testimonies that was coming out of this camp was different from the testimonies that they had heard before. They, that they had heard reports of other people coming and when they had came, they had failed. But, but what they hear about this people is that their God is going before them and that their God is giving them victory over every obstacle that rising in front of them, over every king that has risen up in front of them. And they're hearing these reports. And as Rahab said there in verse 11, she said, their hearts have melted and their courage is gone. 
You know, that's a little bit different story from what the devil's been telling you this week, isn't it? That you're not good enough, that you're not going to make it, that you're never going to amount to anything, that you can't be forgiven, that you've fallen too many times, or, or maybe that you've crossed the line. Actually, the truth of the matter is the devil knows that he cannot stand before you. He knows that he can't stand before you because the reports coming out of this people is different from the reports that they've heard before. Brother Branham says a very familiar quote here. He says, he knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for and that she can do the greater works, she will be an invincible army. Now, the, the, the key here in this line is that he knows. And his goal is to make sure that you don't know. That's why the constant attacks, that's why the fear, that's why the anxiety, that's why the you're not good enough trying to keep you beat down, keep you beat down because he knows and the last thing he can do is let you know because once you know, he says, you're going to be an invincible army. I want to tell you something tonight. I'm looking at a people that are part of an invincible army. The world may look at you as some kind of backwash or outcast or nobody, but our God says, you're an invincible army. And the devil says... I know that if they find out who they really are, they will be an invincible army. And so that's why these attacks come. He wants you to be afraid of him. But I'd like to declare tonight that the enemy has heard the reports. This group of young people is different from you groups in the past. This group has broken free from Egypt and nothing that gets in their way has stopped them. The Red Sea rose up, they went through it. The serpents came out in the wilderness, they kept going. They needed food, God rained it down from heaven. This group of young people is different from groups before. Lust spirits, they conquered them. Pornography, they've conquered them. Suicide spirits, they've conquered them. Whatever has risen up before this people, they have conquered them in the devil says and they're still coming and they're getting closer oh hallelujah I'm telling you as we get closer to the final strongholds of the enemy he knows his walls can't hold you he knows he can't keep you here and he is scared of you the enemy is scared of you tonight hallelujah and he knows that he can't stop you so what he tries to do is he tries to get you to stop yourself he tries to get you to doubt what you've been called to. He tries to bring a negative report out of your mouth or set a negative vision in front of you the way he did there at Kadesh Barnea to where there became a negative report where we just can't do it. We just ain't going to be able to make it. And if he can get you not to see who you are, if he can get you doubting what you've been called to, but tonight I believe there's some Joshua and Caleb's raising up in this generation that says, I don't care who falls away. I don't care who goes this way or that. You're going to give me my mountain. I've been called to a body change. I've been called to a rapture. I've been called to do more than just be a church member here in Johnson City, Tennessee. I've been called to more than that. I've been called to be a part of an invincible army that tears down the final strongholds of the enemy. That's who you are. That's what you're called to. Don't stop short. Don't settle. Don't listen to his report. This report says you're going to make it. This report says you're an overcomer. Hallelujah. Brother Branham says, all the country is afraid of you. When we heard that the Lord dried up the Red Sea and let you cross, drown Pharaoh's army, give you food by manna out of the wilderness, put a brass serpent up for an atonement. He done all these things for you. And I know what you've done, destroying Og and the other kings. I've seen what you did. 
utterly destroyed. And when we heard this and you were headed our way, we just fainted. There's no more courage left in no one. Church, you're fighting a defeated enemy. You're fighting an enemy that's already given up. You're fighting one who knows you're going to win if you will keep fighting. The one thing he tries to get you to do is lay your sword down and think there's no hope. He is the one tonight with no hope. He is the one that was stripped of every right he ever had that day on Calvary. It's been restored to you. And I'm just telling you, just keep going. You're going to win. Just keep pressing the battle. You're going to make it. You're not going to quit. You're not going to fail. You're not going to give in. Oh, this one failed. I thought he was strong. This ain't about this one. This is about you and what you're called to. And I'm telling you, you're going to make it. You're going to overcome. You're going to be standing there I choose to believe that tonight and it's time that we start taking the word and saying that's who I am that's what I'm called to hallelujah Rahab had been a woman of the streets for many years and brother Branham says it's a life that she had been forced into he says let's picture her this morning for a few minutes as a young lady a beautiful young woman who some misfortune in life had been forced into being a pagan, had been forced into the life that she was living. And many times people are forced into the life that they live. You know, maybe you can relate tonight. Maybe you're sitting in a place where you don't really want to be at in life. Maybe you didn't see yourself struggling at this point in life. Maybe you hadn't went as far down the road as you thought you should be. Maybe the devil's taken you down roads into places you never thought you'd go. Lied to you and convinced you that you're worthless. That the sins you've done can never be forgiven. That you've crossed the line. That you're not good enough and that people don't really care. But tonight an opportunity comes knocking. Says maybe you were forced into this life. Maybe you didn't have much choice. Maybe the devil forced you this way. But tonight there's a message of deliverance that says as the walls fall, you don't have to perish. When the walls come down, and I'm telling you, the walls of this world are crumbling faster than the walls of Jericho. But there's a place of safety tonight. And he's offering that to you, saying you haven't gone too far. You haven't crossed the line. He's here tonight saying, I died for you. That scarlet cord is for you. Surrender your everything to me tonight. And you can have a place of safety. It's a message of deliverance. And the Bible tells us that the spies came into her house. And, and whether it be that she still practiced a life of harlotry or, or maybe at this point she ran an inn as many believe. But either way, the fact is to see men and come, to, to come and go from her house would not have been an odd thing. This, was, this would have been a common occurrence. But what, what's amazing to me is that these men going into her house stood out. They didn't fit in with the rest of Jericho. I want to ask you tonight if that's your testimony. As you walk through this evil world and go places. Look, it's not uncommon to see people walk in Walmart. It's not uncommon to see people walk wherever you go shopping. And in this store and that store and stop at Starbucks. But when you stop at those places, do you stand out? Are you someone that people notice? Because these people went into a harlot's house or into the inn. And people's coming and going all day. But when they saw these men, they said something's different. We know these people don't belong here. And I want that to be our testimony is, I don't know what it is, but these people right here don't belong here. They're from somewhere else. And I want to testify, you're right. You nailed me. You got me pegged. I don't belong here. I'm just passing through. And, 
And they notice these, and it isn't long until the king sends word and says, give the men to us. We know that they are spies. And in this moment, Rahab, which is one of the, the, the most important moments in our whole story, she recognizes her opportunity. Young people, it's extremely important that you recognize your opportunities. You, Matthew speaks in, in uh, not Matthew, excuse me, Jesus speaks in Luke 19, and he's speaking about the destruction of Jerusalem, and he says it came upon them because they didn't recognize their time of visitation. Recognizing your opportunities is, is of vital importance. There is many people who walked into the presence of Jesus that didn't come out changed because they didn't recognize what was going on. How many times do you gather here in this place on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday or on a youth service and Jesus Christ moves through this place and we don't recognize our opportunities? We got to get beyond it's just church or it's just Brother Donnie or it's just Brother Joe or Brother Daryl. That's not what it is. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords comes down to commune with you, to speak to you, to set you free and, and to change your life. And in those moments, we have to recognize this isn't just a church service. This is an eternal opportunity to be changed forever, to be delivered forever, to be set free forever. This is an opportunity. I don't want to let it pass me by. I don't want to miss this moment in his presence and in that moment you got to grab hold to it and Rahab recognizes her opportunity this is her chance at life this is her chance at life she, she may not get another chance this is it this is that one listen more than ever I want you to understand you don't know when your last chance is we're not here to preach fear and those I don't care who who we're talking to we don't know I don't know you don't know. Don't pass an opportunity. Look into another opportunity. Grab each and every opportunity as it comes your way. And she decides she's going to be all in. She's going to be all in. This is her moment. She recognizes her opportunity. And she holds nothing back. I pray that each one of us will recognize our opportunity tonight. Wherever we're at, whatever our need is, I need, I need him tonight. I recognize tonight I need you. This is my opportunity in your presence, Lord. And in this moment, without ever witnessing a thing, that's the amazing thing about Rahab. Brother Branham deals with this. She had not witnessed a miracle. She had not been there when the Red Sea opened. She had never met Joshua. She had never met Moses. Come on, young people, you can relate. In some ways, you know, we've told you a lot of stories about Brother Branham, but there ain't many people in here can say they ever met him. She had never met Joshua. But she heard and she believed Without witnessing a miracle, without stepping into the presence of the messenger per se, she was willing to risk it all. Brother Branham says, she never said, I'll believe when I see a great anointed Joshua do some sign. If I could have seen Moses do some of the signs, I would have believed. But she said, I have heard. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word. I have heard that the God of heaven, which is the real God, is with you. And he's done great signs and wonders. He dried up the Red Sea. He brought plagues from Egypt. Listen, I dare say that everybody in this room has witnessed more than Rahab had ever witnessed. She was heathen. She never had the opportunity to sit in a church service. Sit there while songs were sung and Brother Harry played the organ and the Spirit moved and to, to feel the Holy Spirit move through a place. She never experienced that. She didn't come from a godly home where parents prayed for and tried to steer her in the right direction. As a matter of fact, she had been pushed out of her home by her parents. 
you have experienced and have had greater opportunity than Rahab. Rahab only having heard. Do we take for granted the opportunities that we have? To hear time after time after time. To feel his presence. To be told time. She was told one time and it was her one chance. And in this moment, she takes a hold of it. She says, I want to live. Oh, if there be a young people here tonight to say, I want to live. I want to live. I recognize the death that's all around me. But Lord, I just want to live. And she says in this moment, she says, I, I want to live. I don't care what I have to give up. I don't, I don't care who makes fun. I don't care who mocks. I don't care what friends I have to leave behind. Whatever it takes, I just want to live. I recognize in this moment I want life. I believe this is a real living God. I believe these testimonies to be true. I know that. I know that it's getting closer. I know that it's getting closer. And in this moment of life and death, she has to make a decision. The king who she has served up until this point. Oh, come on. We've all had those kings. But that king sends a message and says, give me the men. Give me the messengers. Let's bring it down. He says, give me the message you've received. Turn it loose. Turn loose of what's been given to you. Turn loose of the opportunities you've been given. Satan says, turn it over to me. I'll trade you some things. Come on, let go of those opportunities. Give me the message you hear. Just doubt it a little bit. Just turn it over to me. Give it to me. And you have the opportunity. You got a decision to make. Am I going to listen to the king that's led me to this place? Or am I going to listen to this message this opportunity, the one that's offering me deliverance. And he says, give it to me. Give it to me. And it's a life and death situation, and she makes a decision. Joshua 2, verse 3, And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee. Life and death hangs in the balance in this moment. Rahab was risking way more than some mocking. She was risking way more than walking down the street dressed different and people going, <laughs> She was risking way more than, than losing a couple friends. This was a life and death situation. She's lying to the king. She gets caught. She's going to be put to death. Her family's going to be put to death. This isn't, this isn't a, 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 an easy matter. And in this moment, she makes her decision. She says, I'll make a trade. I'll make a trade. I'm going to hide them. I'm going to spare them. I'm going to give them their life. Though I risk death, I'm going to give them the life. But I want to promise. I want to promise in return that I'm going to receive life. Listen, young people, there's a promise for you tonight. There is a promise for you tonight. She says, I want to promise. You got to promise me that I won't, I won't utter any of this. That I'll hide this message. But you got to promise me that there's going to be life. And you got to recognize tonight, whatever I have to give up. Whatever I have to do, he's already come and made the promise. He's already done his part. He's already proved to be faithful. He's already proved to be true. He's already established his side of the covenant. And he's saying, will you hide it? Will you hide me in your heart? Will you take my word? Will you hold on to this message? It's life to you. Will you make that trade tonight? It's an opportunity tonight to make a trade. And I tell you, whatever you're asked to give up, whatever you're asked to do will never compare to what you get in return. Oh, listen, this exchange rate is wonderful. What a wonderful exchange rate we have in the Lord Jesus. My sins, my failures, my shortcomings. 
everything I've done wrong for his life, for his righteousness, for eternity, for life. I can trade in this. My failures time after time I've come up short. And he says, it's okay. I'll trade you tonight. I'll trade you for eternal life. And he offers that trade tonight. And in return, I get eternity. I get eternity. Rahab says, this is my chance. I pray there's young people tonight recognizing this is my chance. I've heard of his power. I've seen him cast out devils. I've seen him overcome in other people's life. But he promised me I can be saved. Listen, testimonies are awesome. Are awesome. Testimonies are amazing. And we love them and they build our faith. But the point of them is so that you understand what he can do for you. The point of testimonies from the past ain't to talk about what God did in the past. It's so you'll know what he can do today. Let's quit leaving it in the past. Well, God delivered this one. Oh, uh, and I get so thankful. We come back many times and I hear young people who I know need deliverance. And yet they'll come back from a camp just rejoicing. And oh, you should have seen this one get delivered. You should have seen that get delivered. And I rejoice in it too. But uh, in the midst of it, you were so worried about what they needed. It's time for some of you to grab a hold of what it is you need. It's some of you to grab a hold and say, Lord, in this moment, I want to make a trade. I want eternal life. I want deliverance from the things that has kept me. I want to surrender my all and let your story be the story of testimony that's told she recognized I can be saved but she knew she had to have a token young people tonight there is a token that is required and whatever you have to do whether you have to constrain him whatever you have to do you make sure tonight you leave here and you have that token I'll constrain him I'll do whatever it takes but Lord I'm not leaving out of here the same I'm not leaving out of here wondering. You know, you know, he told us, he said, in that day you shall know. You don't have to guess anymore. It don't have to be guesswork. Well, I think I met the Lord. I, you know, some, no, listen, I want to know that I know that I know that I know. And in the word he came and he said, in that day you shall know. You have the opportunity to know tonight. You can get that, that, that token, get it applied, get it displayed. And you can leave here with such a peace. You can walk out with no fear of death, no fear of the rapture, no fear of hell. No one is displayed. It's finished. He's faithful. He's true. It's a done work. I say finish the work tonight young people drive the anchor down tonight drive a stake down be willing to do whatever you've got to do but I must have that token no matter what and so risking her life she hides the messengers on her roof brother Joe is there some water somewhere thank you buddy Risking her life, she hides the messengers. And, but more importantly, she hid their message in her heart. Not just the messengers, but she takes that message. And from this point on, the only thing that matters to her was the message that had been delivered to her by the messengers. I must have that token displayed. I must have my loved ones under the token. If I apply this, they're all going to live from this point on, everything else from her past life was meaningless. And this is where we've been trying to get to for a little bit now. From this point on, everything from her past life is meaningless. Her money, her old worldly garments, her lifestyle, done. Because, see, now she recognizes that those things are associated with death. 
Those things are associated with the destruction that is coming. And now her focus was on life. Let me just deal with some little nitty-gritty things, little small things that I know sometimes people deal with. They're not really small things, but all of a sudden, cutting her hair wasn't something she wanted to do anymore. All of a sudden, that little bit of makeup she wanted to wear didn't seem like a big deal. Uh, that had always seemed like a big deal. Now she recognized that's associated with death. That's associated with what I was. She's willing to make a clean break there, revealing clothes that she shouldn't be wearing. She no longer wants any part of that because her focus is now on life and no longer associated with the things of her past. Worldly music. Come on now. I know I was there. Matter of fact, and I don't ever talk this way. I don't, I don't ever like to give glory to the devil, but we're going to be honest and real tonight. When I was your age, I wasn't living right. So I know what the battles are. I know what the attacks are. I've been a school teacher for 15 years. I know how he still comes after you. I know the music is still a way he comes in and attacks and tries to draw you and tries to pull on you. Brother Branham didn't call those things out for no reason. Talk about it gathering people to the battle of Armageddon, the worldly music. She no longer wanted that because it was associated with death. Violent video games. The movies, ungodly relationships, those things no longer mattered to Rahab because she knew those things are associated with death. And she recognized that association and she makes a, a clean break from it tonight. And I want to tell you that whatever it is that has tried to hold on to you, whatever it is that tries to identify you with that life, you got to make a clean break from it. She recognized if I'm going to be someone different, I can't still have things that would tie me back to that still attached to my life. I can't still have that thing and claim I've been changed. Come on, somebody. You can't claim I had an experience and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and yet your life is still attached to Jericho. There has to be a willingness to change. Listen, I know there's many different ways of looking at it, but one of the main things I look at with young people as far as an evidence of a change in their life is that their appetite has completely changed. Suddenly there is a hunger for the word. There is a hunger for the things of God. They're drawn to the things of life and they take a break away from those things. Not a temporary break, but a clean break cut off by the word of the Lord and they no longer desire those things. It's not a, I wish I could, but I can't. It's those things are death and they will have no part in me. That's where Rahab was. She's recognizing that those things are death. And now she's come to a place where all she wants is life. All she wants is to be free. All she wants is her past to be completely erased. And she prepares exactly how they told her to. She binds the scarlet cord out the window and she gets her family inside and, and she acts on the message. Here's something. We have to be doers, not just hearers. There's a lot of people can quote the message up one side and down the other and they don't live it for nothing. 
She did more than just hide the messengers and she did more than tell people about the message. She acted upon the message that was given her. She acted upon it. She put the cord where she was told to do it. She followed the instructions because she recognized this message is vindicated. There is a God of miracles that has backed this up and she recognized I have to be a doer of what I've been told. You have to take the message and act upon it. And she knows that nothing from the old life is going to be able to go with her. Nothing from the old life, young people, can go with you. All that mattered now to Rahab was the message she had received. Prophet God says it like this. And this young woman, after she'd got her first hearing of Israel and of a God who was a God that answered prayer, not only a God to pray to, but a God that answered back. When she heard that there was a God of miracles who could perform miracles, who dried up the seas and rained bread out of heavens, her heart began to tremble. And when she got her first message from the two preachers that went over quickly, she accepted it with all her heart. And there was a scarlet cord bound at her window for a protection of her house because she had received the message. And she takes and gathers up everything that she had from that life. It didn't mean anything to her. She knew she couldn't take it with her. and She takes it all and she just opens up a cabinet. She knows she's not going to be staying there long. And, and she throws it all in a cabinet, Brother Daryl. Shuts it. She's leaving it behind. She's taking nothing with her. It was basically her life earnings. It was a Babylonian garment once given as payment. 200 shekels of silver. And one wedge of gold. And she leaves it. It's nothing more to her. Now we're going to change the scene. And over in the Israelite camp about this same time, they're also receiving a message. And it's exact instructions from their messenger. God tells Joshua in Joshua 6 and 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. I have given Jericho into your hand with the king and the mighty men of valor. Young people, he's already given you the victory. He's already given you the victory. All the spirits, they're already in your hand. They're already conquered. Their king already conquered. All you have to do is follow instructions. He says, I've already done it. I've already conquered it. All you got to do is follow directions. It is simple. Except for as human beings, it's not. One of my biggest frustrations as a school teacher for years was, did you read the directions? Like, literally, it was a sentence. How did you totally mess this up so bad? Oh, I didn't read that. Guys, it's been laid out very plain in this day more than ever before. We have no excuse to not know what we're supposed to do. The instructions have been laid out. All you have to do is follow directions. He tells them here in this scripture, victory is already yours. Just listen to the message. Act on the message. Do what you're told to do. Follow the instructions and take those instructions and put them into action. And so he's told that you already get this. And I, can't, I don't want to leave this right now just because I know who I'm dealing with. Young folks, especially some, some older folks too. I get it. I get it. We want everything to make sense. We want it all to be able to add up and, well, what about this and what about that? Well, why do I have to do this? Why did Brother Branham say we have to do this? Right. 
Why, listen, I don't know why I'm telling you the battle plan is if you'll just follow the directions, you're going to win. If you'll just do what the messenger told you to do, you're going to overcome. The stronghold in your life is going to fall, but you got to follow the directions. you got to do what the messenger told you to do. Oh, well, this doesn't make sense, and that doesn't make sense, and maybe that was just Brother Branham's opinion. Ooh, come on now. That don't make sense. How much sense did it make to walk around the wall all those times, silence, and then shout, and the wall's going to fall down? It didn't matter. It wasn't your plan. It's his plan. And he said, this is what you're going to do to win the victory. And it doesn't matter if it all makes sense. This is what you got to do to win the victory. Just stick with the instructions. Just follow the plan. Just hide the message in your heart. And the walls in your life are going to come down. It didn't matter if it made sense. It was his plan. It was his victory. And he's teaching them that my way is the only way you're going to have victory. My way is the best way. Listen, you're not going to take a rapture doing it your way. You are not going to take a body change doing it your way. But I have a promise that if we do it his way, he ain't going to leave us here. If we'll do it his way, there is going to be a rapture. And there is going to be young people in that rapture. It ain't just for mom and daddy. It ain't just preachers and song leaders and deacons. There's going to be 12-year-olds in the rapture, 15, 16, 17. It doesn't matter what your age is tonight. He's calling you, saying, just follow the instructions. I'm coming. It's getting closer. Don't be nervous. There's a scarlet cord. You don't got to be shook up like the rest of the world. The walls ain't going to crush you. But you're going to walk out over these walls, delivered, set free. Hallelujah, he's not leaving us behind. But you just got to follow the instructions. A message has been sent for your deliverance. It's got to be his way. We can't try to make everything make sense. He said, you got to have the token. You got to have the Holy Ghost. And there is a prescription on how to get that. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive. So tonight I say it's time we lay down what we think. I know that's hard for us to do, but we got to lay down what it is we think. Lay down what it is we feel. Lay it down what, what, what we reason about the situation. Lay those things aside tonight and follow the instructions of the word. Joshua 6. The instructions are laid out. And the plan is carried out. And just before they shout, there are final instructions. Joshua 6, 17. And the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein, to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are within her house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. But you... Keep yourself from the things devoted to destruction. Young people, we spend way too much time trying to gather up things that are going to be destroyed. He says, keep yourself from the things devoted to destruction. Lest when you have devoted them, you take, a, take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. But all silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord And they shall go into the treasury of the Lord. Hearing this message there was a man of the house of Judah. 
What a lineage. It would eventually lead on down to Jesse, lead on down to David, and of course our Lord Jesus. This man's family had lived in Egypt. His great-grandfather's name was Zerah. His grandfather's name was Zabdi. His father's name was Carmi. They had witnessed the rise of Moses and Aaron. Combined, they had been in the land of Egypt many, many years. His great-grandfather and his grandfather and his father, they had come up and they had seen the rise of Moses and Aaron. They had seen the plagues. They had seen the flies. They had seen the frogs. They had seen the lice and the locusts. They had been there the night the death angel moved through the land. Think about this. He had seen the hand of God as he journeyed through the wilderness. It's possible that he had at some point as a kid maybe even been bit by a serpent in the wilderness and looked on the brass serpent in order to live. He had just come through the river Jordan and seen it completely rolled back. Seen it dry up and then flow again as Israel crossed into the land. And now this man stands on the front lines. He's ready to attack Jericho. He's ready for the revival. He's ready for this victory. He knew that in just a moment, Jericho is going to be a mountain of rocks, Brother Joe. And he knows that he was destined to stand on top of those. He was destined to be victorious. He was raised in the message. He had been to all the camp meetings. He had seen devils cast out. He had seen people healed. He had heard the testimonies. He had felt the presence of God. He knew who he was. He was ready. They had marched through the wilderness all these years, and now the promised land lays right in front of them. He was filled with the excitement that you might would feel when, right before a revival or right before a youth camp when you can feel victory in the air. How many of y'all have been to Louisiana Youth Camp or South Carolina or Ohio or any of those camps? And certain services, you're sitting there and you just feel it. You just know things are about to happen. Now, this is where he stands. He can feel it. Even more than that, maybe the excitement of knowing that we're about to cross over into the promised land because the body changes here. You can feel it. There's a rapture. And he's standing there on the front lines and he's feeling these things. And he says within himself, I'm ready. I'm ready. And just then, it was time for the shout. And Achan lifted up his voice with all the others and began to shout. And Achan shouts for joy as the walls come down. Achan loved this revival. Achan was a part of this revival. He shouted with them. And the walls come tumbling down. Joshua 6.21 says, And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as, she swear, as you swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. I want you to notice that the promise of the token held. 
They went in and they kept their word. And sometimes the devil comes with fear and anxiety. I want you to know that this God's going to keep his word. He's not going to leave you behind. You're not going to be destroyed here. You're not going to be crushed here. But they go in and they get them all out and they take them without. And Achan charges the walls. I want you to picture it for a moment. I mean, this was a giant city and the walls fall and there's smoke and there's debris and there's sounds of war and he's charging and there's shouting. There's fighting going on. This is a battle and, and, and you can see the battle raging, the, the smells of wars all around him. And he's part of victory. Achan is partaking in the victory. He is dancing in the aisles at the camp. Come on now. He's partaking in this victory and he walks into a home that was right on the wall, still standing. And he had just witnessed two of his brothers escort the family out. And Achan walks in and he walks into this home and he finds himself all alone. Young people, we do things the way we do things for a reason. That's why we don't pair up boy and girls. We're dating and go off by ourselves all alone. We don't put computers in little isolated nooks and crannies in our house where you can get on them all alone. We don't go off with our worldly acquaintances or school friends all alone. Come on now. He finds himself all alone. Separated from his brothers during the battle. And he begins looking here. He begins looking there. Just curious. Just wondering. Wonder what's in this house. You know how it is when you're just looking around the internet. You're not really doing nothing. You're just, you're just looking. Just looking in this window and opening that window. And I can't help what pops up. Come on. Oh, he's just, he's just curious. He's not doing anything. He's just flipping through stations on the radio. Do y'all still use the radio? I don't even know. He's just flipping through stations, scrolling through, looking at this, looking at that, but not really doing anything wrong. But in his heart, he was coveting something. In your heart, when you're doing those things, you're coveting something that's cursed. And he's just flipping. He's just going through. And then all of a sudden, you open up that window you were actually looking to open all along. Then you hit that song your ears were wanting to hear all along. And I've dealt with this at home. Let's just be honest for a minute. These days, you don't have to go look for nothing. How many of you have ever watched a reel? Don't lie. How many of you watch a lot of reels? Yeah. It's just a little clip. I mean, it's just a little clip. Most of those clips ain't set to Amazing Grace, Brother Joe. Come on now. I've had to deal with it with young people, even when I hear them just say a few lyrics from something, I'll say, where did you hear that? It was just a clip, and I'll say, would you like to know what the next line says? Would you like to know what you're identifying yourself with? Would you like to know that that links you to Jericho? Come on, we're just being real tonight. Achan opens up that cabinet they had hoped to find all along. And, and there in that moment, all along, he can't withstand. And he takes to himself what God has cursed. 
And he finds a Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, and a wedge of gold. And being right on the wall, it was easy for him to sneak out and return to the camp and hide this in his tent. And Achan hides it in his home. Same battle. Jericho. Same battle. Rahab and Achan. One from a cursed race, seemingly destined to die under a pile of rubble. One from the tribe of Judah, seemingly destined to, do it, to be a man of renown. Destined to have his name written in the Bible as a mighty conqueror, as someone who fought at Jericho and, and helped conquer the promised land. Come from two totally different directions. And they both received a message. It matters what you do with the message. You can't just play around with it and think, well, this part really doesn't matter. Well, that's just Brother Donnie's opinion on the subject. Well, I don't know what, listen, I know we've dealt with this for a little bit, but I want you to understand, let's just eliminate it right now. If God thought enough to write it down in his Bible or take up space and have the prophet of God in his limited amount of time on this earth speak about it, it matters. There, we settled the discussion. If it's in the word, it matters. If it comes over the pulpit from your pastor, it matters. Because the point of it is to get you outside the walls. It's to get you outside Jericho. It may not seem like a big deal, but when the rocks are falling and the walls are coming down, you're going to say, thank you, Lord, for the instructions. Thank you, Lord, for the message. Thank you for a godly pastor. Thank you for a church that stood for truth, even though it didn't seem like those little things mattered. Judah, think about it. It doesn't matter what church you go to. I know we're, most of you tonight are from right here, and forgive me if I accidentally call it Happy Valley, but word of life. Most of you from here, there's a few visitors here. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who your daddy is and who your pastor is, and it doesn't matter how many church camps you've been in, how many mighty things you felt, how many times you felt the Spirit move upon your flesh. How many victories you've won. All that matter is when it all comes down to it is the token on display. Did you do what you were told to do? Did you get the token in place? When the time comes, will there be any cursed treasure found in your heart? Prophet God says, Achan thought this little old wedge, it won't make any difference. The rest of the ladies are cutting their hair. I'll do the same thing. It won't make any difference. But what did it do? It never brought pleasure to his family. It brought death to every one of them. Joshua told them, he said, keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction. Church, we hate to talk this way sometimes, but the truth is the truth is the truth. This world and the things of this world are devoted to destruction. And it's getting closer and closer. And I tell you, when I was coming up, you didn't talk to nominal Christian people and them speak about the end time the way they do now. They used to be like, well, we don't know when it's going to be. It could be 100, 200. We don't know. But now they're saying something's going on. Something's happening. And I'm telling you, if they're noticing, where ought we to be? They're noticing. You've been told, look, and people are getting scared and they're running here. And, and it, it kind of is something to me when message believers are like, what do we do? Look how bad it's getting. Look how bad it's getting. And I'm like, 
ain't this what we've been expecting this whole time? Why are you getting worried when you see things come to pass you've been told was going to come to pass? I've been told, look up, my redemption draweth nigh. I'm telling you, don't get scared. Get in the ark. Don't get scared. Get the token applied. Don't get scared. Follow the instructions. It's going to be okay, little children. You're going to be safe. You're going to make it. But just make sure that token is applied. You have to run from the things of this earth. You have to run from it. I'm telling you, it's cursed. And the thing is, they know it's cursed. I'm going to take a moment here and tell a little story. I still got a little bit to go, so bear with me. But I want to tell this story. I feel like it's pertinent. Because if you're anything like me, I struggled with music for years. As a young person, I was drawn to it. I was drawn to it, sucked in. And, and, and I had good friends. And, and those friends had a rock band. And they were musicians. And we had been raised in the church together. But they became musicians drawn to that world. And I'm going to date myself right here. But it was in the era when what was known as the grunge movement had hit real big in the early 90s. And, and that was, I was in middle school. And as I went through high school, they got better and better and started playing different places. And, and they had this one local place in town where they were what you would call the house band. They played there every weekend. And we thought it was so cool. We, we were so stupid. But... We thought it was so cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't know how to play music. Still don't. So my part was to literally sit on the stage. I was a groupie, I guess. I don't know. And uh, I'd hang out every weekend. Well, there was this big-name band that was booked to play a big place in Shreveport. And somehow, I don't know how these things work, the Coliseum had double booked. And on the same night, they had booked two concerts and so this band shows up, and they're like, they have no place to play. So they've driven all the way from wherever they came from, and they're like, what are we going to do? They end up contacting our friend who owns this little facility and says, we're going to come play your place. And, of course, us, once again, being stupid, thought this was so cool. These are guys are rock stars. So they come out, and we hang out with them all day, and we think it's such a cool thing. And this building would probably hold three, 400 people. That night, there's seven, 800 people in there. And I try to tell this story in a way to not bring any glory to the devil because I think you'll understand that that's not the point of this. We're in there, man, and in our mind, we were having a good time. They are playing, and we're acting stupid, and we're in the middle of what they'd call mosh pits. And this, it was a manifestation of hell on earth is what it was, Brother Joe. And you got to understand, I'm a backslid message kid. I know. And we're there, and they're playing, and everybody, yeah. Song gets over, and the dude that I think is so cool steps up to the mic, Brother Joe. And we're just cheering. We're right, I'm right there. And he says, if you think we're having a good time now, just wait till we all get to hell. And I'm going to tell you, I went from this kid going, yeah, huh? I couldn't go that but I do want to stop for a minute and make a point that if they can get that happy and that rejoice and knowing where they're going young people how dare us come to the house of God knowing where we got an opportunity to go and sit on our hands and not worship the king of kings and the lord of lords they started jumping and shouting and screaming because they's going to hell and I'm here tonight with a message and you don't have to go to hell you're going to heaven and if you think we're having a good time now 
now. You just wait till you see us over there. But I'm saying you don't got to wait. You don't got to wait to praise his name. You don't got to wait to shout. But you get that scarlet cord in your life. You get that token and you know I'm going to heaven. I'm going in a rapture. I can rejoice. There is no cursed treasure in my life. Make sure it's not there, young people. Make sure it's not there. You hide one thing in your heart. It's the word of God. It's the life of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. They know where they're going. So do we. We can rejoice in that. As we begin to bring this down, we find in chapter 7 of Joshua that Israel, not knowing of the sin of Achan, goes to Ai and they believe it's going to be an easy victory. And yet they're defeated easily. And they lose 36 men. And Joshua doesn't understand this isn't what's supposed to happen. Why were we not victorious? Let's deal with some things. Because as long as there's sin in your life, young people, you will not be victorious. As long as there's things hidden there, you're not going to overcome no matter how much you want to overcome. Well, how come I can't get rid of this spirit? How come I can't overcome this, this habit? How come I can't overcome this lust? How come I can't be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because as long as there's something ungodly hidden in your heart, you can pray, you can fast, you can yell and scream, you can curse that demon, and it'll sit there. Brother Brown, speaking of a woman, he says, well, now, what if she's got some hidden sin there somewhere? You could pour a gallon of oil on her, anoint her as many times, jump up and down and scream, and that devil will lay right there. Unconfessed sin, you'll never move him. No, sir. I told you tonight, you got to be honest with yourself. Why am I where I'm at? Why have I not progressed? Why am I not deeper in the Lord? Why am I not overcoming? Why am I not filled with the Holy Ghost? What's hidden? What's lying there? What needs to be dealt with? And so they go through the, the process of casting lots and God shows the, the tribe, the family, the household all the way down until it's discovered what's hidden. And when it's all said and done, it's Achan who has hidden these worldly things in, in, his, in his life. And they weren't things that he could claim ignorance of. They were things your pastor preached to you about all the time. They were things the message warned you about all the time. Things the pastor said not to do. Things he heard directly from the lips of the messenger. Chapter 7, verse 22 says, So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran unto the tent, and behold, it was hid in his tent. And the silver under it, and they took out the midst of the tent, and brought them unto Joshua and unto all the children of Israel, and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them into the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire. And after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, wherefore the name of the place was called the Valley of Acre unto this day. Young people, when you disobey the word of the Lord, death lies at the door. 
And one thing I want us to notice tonight, and I'm not going to spend much time on as we're running out of time, but your actions affect more than you. His disobedience brought the death of his entire family. Think about it in your friend groups. Are you bringing people in? Is your life and your testimony and your music and the things you're feeding on drawing people in? Are you getting them under the token? Or are you the reason they're in the streets when the walls fall? It matters the decisions you make. It affects those around you. Chapter 6, verse 23. And the young man that were spies went in. I know we've read this, but I just want to reinforce this as we come home. And brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp. How many of you have loved ones you'd like to see saved? How many of you have friends you'd like to see saved? By her testimony. By her following the message. By her putting it in action. How many times does our life drive people away from the message? Oh, if that's what the message produces, then I don't want anything to do with it. Come on now. But her life brought people into and saved them because of her testimony. Because she did what she was told to do. Do not underestimate the power of your influence. Oh, nobody looks to me. That's not true. A lot of eyes are upon you. Friends, we make so many decisions based off of what friends might think, how they're going to react, how they're going to look at us. But I want you to know if you were to ever stand before the judgment, you're not going to stand there with your boyfriend. You're not going to stand there with your girlfriend or your little group of buddies. You're going to stand there and answer for your actions. And your excuses won't matter. You're going to answer to God for what you hid. What was hidden? What was hidden? What did you hide in your heart? You know, I find it so sad that Achan owed his very life to the fact that his great-grandfather and his grandfather and his father had obeyed the word of the Lord. They had put blood on the doorpost. That's why Achan was here. They had done these things. They had looked to the serpent. They had gathered up the manna. They had, they had marched. They had done what they were told to do, and yet his entire family now perishes because of his disobedience to the word. Now listen, this is in no way a sermon about dating and marriage. But I can't go past here without saying this. Do not yoke yourself with someone who is not completely sold out 100% and filled with the Holy Ghost. Because don't think for a minute that the decisions and the way they lead your home isn't going to lead you and your family a certain direction. You, to the best of your ability, you pray and you seek God and you know that you know uh, is all that you can that this person is dedicated, this person is sold out. Hey, I don't care how ugly they are, how good they look, you better make sure they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, I know we're young people. Ain't none of us going to marry somebody ugly. Well, you better not think that at least. But you better love them because of the character that's there. And you see a real godly desire to serve the Lord. And you know you can serve the Lord together. So you don't end up in a situation like Achan and his, and his family ended up in. Achan received a message just like Rahab did. But what she was willing to leave behind. As we drive this home. 
what she was willing to leave behind, he wanted to put in his tent. Isn't that how it is today? You, you, you see people move out of the world and they're, and they're drawn and they hear the opportunity to be set free and they come to the house of God and they get freedom from those things and you see other people walking out the house of God to go pick up the very things that those people were willing to lay down. The things they were willing to lay down, you leave it all behind and you say, I'm done with it. It's death to me and, and you flee from the world and it's cursed treasures and you watch others go the opposite direction. They'll leave homes of safety They'll leave homes where they've been led in prayer. They'll leave homes where they've had the message taught to them, the Bible read to them, and they'll go right out there and pick up those things. The instruments of death that others were willing to lay down, they go pick them up. They bring it into their homes and they bring it in to their lives. Or what about you? God moves in a mighty meeting. He's moving through the congregation. We've already hit this, and this, this one's getting delivered, and you see it. This one's delivered, and you see it. You feel the power of God. You even end up there, there, there at an altar, and you end up at this place, and, and, and the battle's raging, and you know there's victories run. The shout of the king is in the camp, and yet somehow you leave that service undelivered. You leave there with the same stuff you walked in. How do we let that happen? You have an opportunity tonight. You have an opportunity to make sure there's no cursed treasure found anywhere in you. Because you cannot have victory and cursed treasure too. We found that at AI. You cannot have victory and cursed treasure. You need to take all the things of this world tonight. Their music, their movies, their stars, their ideas, your ideas about what matters and what doesn't matter. And you need to lay it on the altar of God. And you need to invite the Holy Spirit to come burn those things out of your life. Burn those desires. Burn those wants. Burn those thoughts. Burn those ideas. Lay it there and let the fire of God consume it. Because I'm telling you, it's going to be consumed one day along with those who it is attached to. Who's going to be burned, Brother Aaron? Only those that are attached to the cursed treasures. Only those who weren't willing to let it down and hide the Lord in their hearts. Prophet says we got to stay with that word. That's the commandment of God. It was not to touch nothing in that city. That cursed city. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Young person, here we are at the end. And I'm telling you, make sure that there's no cursed treasure in your life. Make sure that you're not dabbling with it. Make sure that you're not picking it up. The stench of the thing will get all over your life. The stench of it will affect those in your home, your, your friends and those near you. And it will bring death to you and to your family and your loved ones. But I'm telling you tonight, there's an opportunity. There's a token. There's a cord. And I'm telling you, if you'll get it displayed, there is a promise. You will not be crushed under the rubble. But when the walls fall, you're going to be walking out with the victors. You're going to be celebrating. You're going in a rapture. I'm telling you tonight, it's for you. It's not for just others. It's for you. Do you have the token? Do you have the scarlet cord? Or is there cursed treasure dragging you down? If there is, run from it tonight. Run from it with your whole heart. It's not worth where it's going to take you to. It's not worth it. But tonight he's offering freedom. He's offering the Holy Ghost. He's offering a place of repentance. And he says, tonight you can deal with it. Tonight you can lay it down. Hallelujah. What Rahab did in hiding those spies was a death sentence. But she knew that if she didn't do it, 
death was coming anyway. I'm telling you, death is coming. But life is offered to you. Psalms 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Back to Joshua 7.25 and our closing scripture here. I want you to think about where you're at. I want you to think about the opportunities you have. I want you to think about the opportunity you have right now. I want you to think if the walls fail right now, is there anything that is cursed treasure in your life? Verse 25, and Joshua said, why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. Look at that. He was never meant to be underneath that pile of stones, Brother Joe. He was destined to be on top of the rubble. He had a message that called him not to be under the rocks. And here we see the end of Achan because he just wanted, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with my music? What's wrong with a little makeup? What's wrong with it? What's wrong with the, with, with the kiss? What's wrong is, is it shows that the token's not where it's supposed to be. It shows that you're still holding on to what you want. And that the token's not applied. Visualize it now. I see a young woman. Her name's Rahab. And she walks past this great pile of stones. On her way to Ai. Ai. She's new to the camp. She, she knows something just happened. She's not sure what it is. But as she looks at that, she can't help but think, that could have been me and my family under there. That could have been me. But a message came. God sent a message by my way and gave me instructions to make sure that I didn't end up under there. That was going to be me and my family. And she said, I'm so thankful I hid those spies. I'm so thankful that I listened to that message. I'm so thankful I listened as, as Brother Donnie preached time after time. I'm so thankful I took it and applied it. That could have been me. What's hidden? What's hidden in your heart tonight? You know that she actually traded places with Achan, Brother Joe. Achan was in the tribe of Judah. And then we find that she marries Salmon in the tribe of Judah and is listed in the book of Matthew in the genealogy of Christ in the tribe of Judah because they both got the same message. Here he was, a message believer. With every opportunity, he was the one that was supposed to be in that lineage forever. He was the one that was supposed to take a rapture. 
And here she walks past that pile of stones. And now she steps into that lineage. And Christ comes down through that lineage. What's hidden? Will you bow your heads with me for just a minute? What's hidden? Are the things that you've hidden in your life going to produce Jesus Christ? Is it going to produce a body change? Is it going to produce a rapture for you and your family? you got a choice right now. What will I hide? But maybe right now you need to answer, what have I hidden? What's there? Is it the message of the hour tucked down deep in your heart? Are you allowing it to change you? Are you allowing it to mold you? Or is there cursed treasure hidden there? Listen, today more than ever, I can rejoice knowing that I have a loved one that stepped across having laid aside all the cursed treasures of this earth. And because I know he did that, I know I'm going to see him again. You can know that you know that you know. I love moments like this. It's a quiet moment. It's just you and your thoughts. Search yourself. Allow him to search you right now. Don't leave a door shut. Don't hide this little thing and think it don't matter. Right now, examine your life. And I know this, you know, we're not here for some, I'm not trying to work you up or scare you. I'm trying to make sure that you know that the walls are about to fall. They're already shaking. They're already rumbling. I tell you what, right now, I just want to give you the opportunity to lay down every cursed treasure. You say, Brother Aaron, there's things that's been pulling on my life. Look, I'm not here to point out and say you ain't been living right and you sinner. That ain't what this is about. I already told you I'm looking at people I'm going in the rapture with. I'm proud to be associated with you. But if there has been any cursed treasure of this world, hindrances, trying to hold you back, trying to keep you from being all that you can be, and you want to make an announcement to the devil right now that he's not going to hold you and that he's not going to keep you here, and a proclamation to the Lord that I'm going to sell out with all that I have, I invite you, I invite you to walk up to this altar and to lay it down and say, Lord, I just want to be completely sold out. I want to leave everything that I have. I want to make sure that as the walls begin falling, as the walls come down all around me, that there will be nothing found in my heart. There will not be one thing that's going to keep me on that day from being in that rapture. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Young people, what are we doing? What's this about? This is just making sure the cord's hanging out the window. This is just making sure you're getting that on display. It's just making sure, Lord, I'm just here to let you know whose side I'm on, that I hear the message, and I want to be more than just a hearer, but I want to act on it tonight. I just want to act on it. I want to make sure. I just want to search and be honest. That's all this is about. Search and be honest. And in this moment right now, As the Lord is dealing with hearts, 
you focus on you. Where is your heart? What is it that's hindering you? It don't have to be some big sin. I'm not here to try to bring that kind of, uh, some kind of thing over your life and say, you know, you're lost. No, no, no. Just make sure it's clean. Just make sure it's cleaned out. Make sure there's nothing there. Because I look around and I see the walls are falling. But we have a promise, young people. As you're here right now in this moment, just begin to talk to him. Just begin to allow him to search you. Allow him to search your heart. And as as we begin to sing some songs, just let him deal with you right now. Just begin to talk it over with him. This is an opportunity in and of itself, but there's, there's an opportunity tomorrow. And then there's service Sunday, and then you're coming up upon a youth camp. There's a lot of opportunities coming. You're coming up to a place and a life-changing opportunity is laying right before you. You're at the place where you're going to make that decision one way or the other. How's it going to be? What's it going to go? Am I going to be inside the house? Am I going to be inside the ark of safety? Or am I going to let some little stupid thing keep me out? I promise you it's not worth it. I promise you it's not worth it to be left behind for one thing, for two things, for three things, for all the world has to offer. It's not worth it. But tonight, within your heart, as you're right there, just sell out and say, Lord, I give it all to you. I give myself away. I lay it right here at your altar. There's so many of you here, and I'd love to pray with each and every one of you. But right now, we're just going to pray over all of you as you're at this altar. And you begin to just lay it down at the Lord's feet. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for these young people, Lord. Lord, we thank you that no matter what the enemy does and what hell brings upon this earth, there is a group of young people that are sold out. They are dedicated and they proclaim tonight, Lord, with this public movement, I will not be left behind. I will not be found under the rocks. Under the rocks is not my place. Under the rocks is not where I'll be, but I'm called to more. I'm called to a rapture. I'm called to an overcoming victory. Oh, these young people are the final voice standing on this earth to the final age and they will be a victorious voice. They will be an overcoming voice. They will be a testimony and a trophy that this message works, that grace works, that the blood works, that the token works. Lord, I thank you for them tonight. And Satan, we rebuke you and every line spirit of hell you have tried to put upon these young people. Spirits of anxiety, spirits of fear, trying to bring lies and doubt and tell them they're not going to make it. You know good and well that they are marching Toward your final stronghold and you can't stop them and tonight we pronounce your defeat we pronounce victory in the house of God we pronounce victory over every heart here at this altar we thank you for it Lord we praise you for it Lord this is your doing and it is marvelous in our eyes oh hallelujah Satan you are defeated Each and every one of these hearts here tonight surrendered and open before the Lord. Lord, I say do the work. Lord, pour it out on them, Lord. Lord, you said that we could know that we know in that day. And here we stand. Brother Branham said that's this day. Lord, I pray there not be one who doesn't know. I pray there not be one who goes away with doubts or worries. But tonight, let the token be displayed in their life. Every anchor, every chain that's tried to hold them from sailing free in the Holy Spirit. Tonight it's broke in the name of Jesus. Every stone that the devil said was going to fall upon their head, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. But this is your lineage. This is your victory, Lord Jesus. These are your people. And they are the people that are going to produce the coming of the Lord Jesus. As they stand upon the earth living an overcoming life in the midst of Satan's Eden. We pronounce the victory in Jesus' name. We thank you for every heart that's here, Lord. And we ask you that your work be finished in their hearts. In Jesus' name.
Young people, one thing that I love about the testimony of Rahab is that when she left Jericho, there was no one in the camp of Israel that knew her story. There were no accusers because there was no one left alive who knew her past. Everyone who knew anything about her was destroyed. When you lay these things in the blood of Jesus, it's finished. Where are your accusers? So don't you keep bringing it up. Quit doing the devil's job for him. Quit digging up your past and saying, but I did this, but I did this, but I did this. Let me leave you with this tonight. His blood is sufficient. His blood is sufficient. The atonement works. The token will hold. What sin? What sin? Where are your accusers? Just lay it down and leave it there forever. Don't ever pick it up again. That's not your burden to carry. He already carried it for you to Calvary. Just leave it there tonight. Walk out of here knowing you don't have to carry that burden. Walk out of here knowing you're free. Walk out of here knowing you're going to another victory and another victory and another victory and another victory. Oh, but in the past, this ain't about the past. We just laid that down. That's over. We're going to victory upon victory upon victory upon victory upon victory and it's going to culminate in a body change and a rapture and that's where we're going. We're not looking back, forgetting those things that are behind. We press towards the mark. We press forward. What's in store for you, little people? Not death, not under the rocks, but a rapture, a body change. It's his promise and his promises are faithful and his promises are true. God bless you tonight. What a message. If you didn't get anything, I got it. You realize that Aiken's, Aiken's actions, 
Nobody saw him. But God. Look how many people that stumbled because God saw it. 36 men got killed in battle. That had never happened before. Never. He became a stumbling block. Don't let our life become stumbling blocks. Let the Word live in your life. I love what he said when Rahab walked by the pile of stones. <laughs> Should have been me, Brother Rob. Should have been you. A pile of rubble claimed somebody that grew up in the message. When I was young, I had a buddy backslid. He got to the point. He finally said, I don't want to ever hear the name of William Branham mentioned around me again. I don't want to hear it. Took so many people with him. Took his family. His family broke up. I went on just so much turmoil in his life. Another good friend of mine, he backslid. Never want to hear the message again because he said, because people didn't reach out to him when he left. That's no excuse. People are looking at your life, and if they can find one little thing in your life to stumble them, they'll stumble over that one little thing and blame it on you. Don't be a stumbling block. Let's not be a stumbling block. Let people look at our lives and think, I want to be like that. That's what I want to be. What you got is what I want to lift me up. Only you could do that. It's between you and God. I don't mean to preach if you, Brother Aaron, but man, that, that just touched my soul. Don't be the stumbling block. Don't want you what you wear stumbles somebody. What comes out of your mouth, don't let it stumble somebody. Don't shun somebody. Do like Brother Rob does in his Sunday school class. Every Sunday, sit by somebody else. Get to know them. Meet somebody you haven't met before. Show God to them. You might be the only God they ever get to see. I'm done. Brother Jesse, sing us out of here. God bless y'all. Thank y'all so much for coming. We'll do this again tomorrow, 12 o'clock over here. Um, some of you young brothers, if y'all want to, um, be here at 10 o'clock to help set up tables. Um, God bless y'all. I love it. You, you know I love you with all my heart. I, I, I do. I'm so thankful for every one of you. Um, this is the greatest group of young people on the face of the earth, bar none. And I'm so thankful. God bless you all.
uh, together as we prepare to go. You're welcome to stay as long as you feel that you need to. We're going to sing going up yonder. If you want to know where
be dismissed. We will uh, be meeting here again tomorrow. Remember the activities tomorrow and the service tomorrow night and just be in prayer for it and uh, just have a, a heart and a spirit that's looking forward to it. We're going to that again as we prepare to go. I'm going up yonder. I'm going up yonder. I'm going up yonder.